This week, arts and entertainment reporter Bobby Hayes brings us a story a half century in the making. I'm Don Wilkins, and this is Inquire. My dad was a professional musician. He was a drummer in a big band, and he inspired me, I guess, to like big band music. And then my mother really loved Christmas, and so I like Christmas music because of my mother. And then I like classical music because of the Lone Ranger. So I have the Lone Ranger to thank for my love of classical music. <laughs> and it's really great. We've played it. The orchestra has played it several times in the last 50 years. <laughs> this is Carl Davis, longtime employee of the Owensboro Symphony Orchestra. And I do mean long time. This will be Davis's 48th year working with the symphony. What began in September of 1972 as, in Davis's own words, a voluntary recording gig has culminated in a lifelong love of one of Owensboro's oldest art entities. Davis's current title with the symphony is stage manager. And while you may not know his face, if you have attended a concert in the past few years, you definitely have heard his voice. We've had several interns work with us several years, you know, down through the years, and we had one intern that came and asked me what was the favorite part of my job. And I, so I thought a minute, and actually it's the, when I read the opening announcement, the pre-concert announcement at the beginning of the concert, that's my favorite part. And I guess it's because it kind of takes me back to my, days in radio and it's just really fun to do welcoming the crowd and then uh, that the now we used to not allow any food or drink in the concert hall so we would tell them that but now we allow drinks in in the concert hall now um, but and we so we tell them that um, turn their cell phones off or their mobile devices turn them off make sure they notice all the exits in the building in case of an emergency and um, oh and take pictures anybody wants to take any pictures free free to do so but don't use a flash and um, oh and post the pictures that you take to social media and like us on facebook well let's say that so Davis has worked with many individuals at the symphony over the years. He began recording the symphony on first-paid OSO conductor Leon Gregorian's inaugural concert, and throughout the years has worked with three other conductors, including the current Troy Quinn. He has worn many hats in his years with the symphony, from board member to operations manager. He's picked up guest artists for performances, ensured that outdoor concerts go without a hitch, and even has been known to change a light bulb or two in the symphony offices if needed. I'm always nervous before a concert, and it's, that, it's been that way now all these years, every time. 
I'm always nervous before the concert starts. I'm wondering if I've forgotten something, you know, whatever. But then as soon as Troy or any, all the conductors, as soon as they walked out on stage and the music started, I was, I was fine. Because I figured, okay, we're going now. Everything's okay. <laughs> it's not up to me now. It's up to, now Troy's got the baton, so he's taking care of everything. <laughs> I've been associated with the symphony since 1972. September of 72. Well, I was the recording engineer because I worked at WMI at the time. And the manager of the station came in to Monday. I was working in the news department. <laughs> and the uh, station manager hollered at me and said, there's a guy on the phone that wants to talk about the Owensboro Symphony. And so I said, okay. And it was Bond Harris. He was a professor at Kentucky Wesleyan College. He had been recording the Owensboro Symphony's concerts with his own equipment. And he was looking for someone to record the symphony for archival purposes. And he said, so I thought since the radio station back then, the radio station would record everything at Christmas, every Christmas concert or recital or program that was just about in the city, any school, church, <laughs> you know, everything. The radio station went out and recorded it, and then their Christmas programming, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, was playing back all those things that they had gone out and recorded since the 1st of December, you know, whenever it was. We had actually done that. The, the WMI had actually recorded the symphony for the Christmas Pops concert, you know, to put it on, on the radio. So I said, well, we, we can probably do that. We can probably do that. I said, if nobody else will do it, you know, I'll do it. And of course, I had access to the equipment there at the station and all of that. So uh, I made arrangements with the symphony office that I was going to take Bond Harris's place recording the concerts. And so that's how it all started out. Then I ended up being on the board of directors of the symphony. I was on the executive committee, I, you know, and did that for about 20 years, doing all kinds of volunteer. I was, a, I was also sometime during that period in the mid 80s, and I was a freelance photographer uh, while I owned the Baskin Robbins store. And, and at the mall. Jack of all trades here. <laughs> and I was. And so uh, I, did, I did photography for the symphony. I took pictures for them and stuff like that. So I did just about a little bit of everything all, during all that time as a volunteer. Well, 1992 is when River Park opened, River Park Center. And so in the summer of 92, Dan Griffith was the executive director at that time of the symphony. And in the summer of 92, Dan called me into his office and said, we're going to have to have a stage manager when we 
start having our concerts down at the river park, would you be interested in doing that? It would be a paid position, but it'd be part-time. Of course, I'd just be there for the concerts. He said, there's only one little caveat. You can't be on the board anymore because you can't be an employee of the symphony and be a board member. And I said, well, okay, let me think about it. Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> and so that's when I became stage manager. There have been a few that I haven't been to, but I've never missed a Holiday Pops. And, and Troy, Troy Quinn, our current conductor, he told me, after he started here and we were talking and he says, you can't quit till you've been here 50 years. <laughs> so I have two more years to go and it'll be 50. But, uh, but the holiday pops of 2021, if I make it till then, will be my 50th holiday pops. And you know, when I thought about it, I didn't even realize that until a couple of months ago. I thought, I have never missed a holiday pops. I mean, that is, that is strange. I missed some other ones, but never a holiday pops. I was actually born in Marion, Indiana. And my dad was a musician. He played drums and sang in a big band. And so we traveled all over the country. So I lived in 16 states by the time I was four years old. <laughs> so that, <laughs> uh, that made my life an adventure. And I guess to this day, I still love to travel. I love to travel. So, and of course that's my love of music, I guess. I, I, I like big band music, so. That came from him, I'm sure. My very first memory I have was beating on his bass drum as laying on the bed. So, um, I was three years old. I can remember that. And uh, laying on the couch, listening to him on the radio, I was three at that time. Let's see, it was my uncle, and him and a couple other guys from uh, Drakesboro. They traveled around Drakesboro, Kentucky. My dad was born in Muhlenberg County and my mom in, in McLean County. When I was five years old, we moved to Owensboro. No, it had to been, I had to been six because I was given a ukulele for Christmas when I was five and that was in Tompkinsville. We were living in Tompkinsville, Kentucky, so, so it must have been when I was six years old. We came to Owensboro. Dad uh, went to Kentucky Wesleyan and became a Methodist minister after his band days. So, and then, of course, we continued to move around because Methodist ministers back then never stayed in one place. Nowadays, they tend to stay longer than they, they used to. But back then, if you stayed four years, that was a long time. So I went to six different schools. 
when I, while I was growing up, which is actually that's not as many as some Methodist preachers' kids. But uh, and, and we moved three times during my high school, but stayed within the Davis County School District. So even though we moved a lot, we I've stayed in the same school. So I graduated from Davis County High. Dan Griffith, current Symphony CEO, was actually the first person to hire Davis, who up until that point in the early 1990s had been working with the Symphony on a voluntary basis. My first introduction to Carl was when I was in high school and I uh, worked for Carl at Baskin and Robbins in Wesleyan Park Plaza. Uh, I was a super scooper. And I also did um, cakes at the, at the Baskin and Robbins. So that's where we first met. He was my boss. I came to the symphony in 85. Um, I believe it was uh, September of 85. And um, uh, we performed at that particular time out at Davis County High School in the auditorium. And... Um, it wasn't as nice as it is right now. Um, they've remodeled and it's beautiful. And of course, back then, we were uh, doing archival recording of the symphony. And so um, Carl and Dave Benz uh, did all of the recordings. And of course, back then, nothing was Bluetooth or anything like that. So everything was wired. So every concert, we had to go up, or they had to go up in the attic and take from the whole length of that auditorium wiring and drop wiring for every concert. And back then we were doing eight concerts a year. They did all of that uh, free gratis just for the love of the symphony and, you know, um, worked so hard. But that, those chords are actually still in the basement downstairs and you, you can see the long lines of chords that they used to have to put in the ceiling. So. We opened River Park Center, and of course, you know, when you moved to River Park, it was just a whole new world. I mean, you had new technology and, and all of that, and, and, and we actually needed somebody to, you know, call the shots backstage. So Carl, um, we called Carl because we knew that he could take charge and get things done back there, and, and um, so he, he's been sitting uh, at the control ever since. He is one of the most gentle individuals I have ever seen. Um, very slow to speak. I mean, you know, he thinks through everything before anything's said, and he's he's a he's a giver, um, and I, I, he treats everyone equally, and and I think just loves people. Beautiful person. Current Symphony Chief Deputy CEO Gwen Payne has worked with Davis consistently the longest. She has many fond memories of Davis and considers him more than a trustworthy and reliable employee. He is a dear friend. I started uh, at the Symphony in 2000 when we were in the firehouse over on 18th Street. 
And that is when I first met Carl. He was doing a lot of the operations and stage managing and whatnot, you know, just on a part-time basis. So anytime we had a concert, he was there and he was, you know, he would do all of the background stuff, you know, for all, you know, the concerts, especially the outdoor concerts were a big deal. We had uh, uh, like an operations person on staff, but still, Cara was still there doing the production, the stage management, stuff like that. Fast forward, uh, we were there, let me see, 2000, then in 2005, we moved here into the academy. And it was around that time, he, in 2005, we moved here in July. And one other thing about Carl is he always had his crew. So he had his crew and they helped us move into this building. And we all literally did it pretty much single-handedly. You always meet people that had their notes on them or they had something. But Carl, I can never look at one of those little four-inch spiral bound because he still carries it to this day and that was his thing he you could say oh hey carl you know we need the lights in the recital hall are out first thing he would do pull that out he flip that over and write it down i mean i don't care what you told him and but he never forgot anything because it was right here and he carried it in his pocket it's like I have notes everywhere, like sticky notes everywhere, but Carl, right there, in that vest pocket. But some of the things, when Carl came on as full-time operations, like he was responsible for uh, all of our guest artists, you know, getting them here and, and making sure they were comfortable and making sure they had everything they needed. He would go to Evansville, pick them up from the airport, bring them back here, and we would have guest artists that would say, well, I know more about this city because of my tour guide, and they love him. I mean, I've had guest artists that would that would come, you know, after the concert and just talk about how much they love Carl, you know, and their interactions with him between the, the airport and here. He just, he doesn't, he knows everything about the city, and what a perfect interaction the first time they come here. I appreciate knowing him and being able to work with him, whether it be on a full-time basis or a part-time basis, because no matter what, no matter what we've always had to do, Carl was always there saying, you know, what could I do? And, and even going, you know, on a personal level, if anybody ever needed anything, Carl would be there, you know, no matter what. So I guess, I've just, I've known him for so long, but when I think about, you know, what is, you know, what is it that I really truly remember when I think about Carl, it's his willingness to always just pitch right in and do whatever it takes. You run across these people in your lives and, you know, and you're lucky to be able to continue a relationship, you know, ongoing and, and still work with them on and off. There are many concerts Davis has added to his highlight reel. From a symphony recording with Amy Grant to the many run-out concerts the symphony has done across the state throughout the years, he has a lot of good memories. But what he has loved the most about his experiences have been the people and the music.
I love the music and the people. Um, it's just such a great group of people. I've, I've really enjoyed being here. It, it's a family. Um, we, we have so much fun doing our jobs. It's, it's, you know, somebody said, and I don't remember if this was a quote in a movie or if it was somebody actually said it, but said if you, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life, you know. And it's kind of like that here. Um, it's, it's just so much fun and, and nice to be here. Now, we, of course, we have some, we have problems like everybody. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll have some headaches and we pull our hair out sometimes over at the river park for some reason or another. But uh, it, it's a lot of fun and I just, I've enjoyed every minute of it. Um, but the people have just been incredible. I've met so many really great people and, and by and large, all of our guest artists have just been wonderful people. Um, so, yeah, I'd have to say the people and the music. And that will wrap up our show for this week. I would like to thank Mr. Inquiry reporter Bobby Hayes and Carl Davis for sharing his story. To send us questions or to provide feedback, Email us at newscast at messenger-inquire.com. Remember, you can find us on the Messenger Inquire's website, Facebook, and Apple Podcast, where you can subscribe to Inquire. Until next time, I'm Don Wilkins saying good day for Inquire.